recognizing that I need help is the beginning of everything. It is the beginning of change, beginning of healing, and beginning of becoming righteous. I need help. It is a very simple statement and simple attitude that you can have. And yet, it is very powerful result you'll be able to see. The woman who had been suffering from hemorrhages for 12 years experienced healing. She had nothing to show for. She had nothing to deserve healing. Only thing that she had was this attitude. Lord, I need help. Maybe behind that statement, there is desperateness, humility, but even boldness to be able to say that I need help. The result was phenomenal. She was not just physically healed, but she became free from social isolation. It is very unfortunate. During Jesus' time, women who were bleeding were considered dirty. So every month, the women had to go through this uh, humiliation of feeling dirty because that's ritually, that's the, how they define. And this woman, not just once a month, for 12 years, almost every day of her life, she had to feel that she was dirty. And yet, now she completely was healed from that social disease and also physical disease. You know, sometimes our culture can be quite cruel and oppressive. And when the culture is cruel and oppressive, we have to be bold enough to change that. Because culture is not our absolute value. Culture is something that we live with. But sometimes culture can be oppressive and cruel. Then we have to be bold enough to change that. And this woman experiences uh, freedom from social stigma and physical illness, illness. And then what she did was very simple. Lord, I need help. That's powerful. That's all you need. That's what faith is all about. You just come to God with this attitude that I need help. Recognizing our own needs, we ask us simply, I need help. The second story is the same thing. The father who had his uh, daughter dead, he, he did not give up. He came to Jesus only with one attitude. I need help. My daughter is dead. Can you do something? Can you lay your hands at least? That's all he had. And then he experienced this wonderful miracle of his daughter coming alive. I need help. 
both women with hemorrhage and the father of synagogue, the, the, the leader of synagogue, they both experience wonderful, powerful result when they simply confess that I need help. Your prayer should be very simple. You don't need to use, uh, you don't need to say anything more. I need help. That's all you need to say. You don't need to use fancy language, fancy words. You just come to God. Lord, I need help. I am sick. I'm lonely. I'm troubled. My relationship is in ruin. I need help. When you live your life with this simple attitude, your life will become very simple. Life has to be simple. Don't live complex life, complicated life. Life has to be simple. Just simply come to God, I need help. You don't need to impress anyone. You don't need to prove yourself. You don't need to show how great you are. You don't need to do any of that. Only thing that you need to do is, I need help. You simply come to God, I need you. You simply come to other people, I need you. That's all you, you got to do. Life can be very simple and yet you will be able to see the powerful result of it. Do you know how Christianity has spread to, throughout the whole Europe? I mean, it became the greatest uh, uh, power in Europe. You know how he struggled? Very simple. St. Paul wanted to preach the gospel to the Asia, uh, Asian region originally. That was his original plan. But one night, he had this vision. And this was his vision. During the night Paul had a vision, there stood a man of Macedonia pleading with him, saving, uh, saying, come over to Macedonia and help us. Macedonia is a gate for Europe. And so the, with a simple request, come and help us, St. Paul went to Macedonia and then whole European mission began. Lord, help me. That is the attitude of asking for mercy. I have nothing to give to you. I have no sacrifice to present to you. I simply come because I need your help. And God likes that. And God likes that kind of attitude. Your simple attitude. God likes that. Lord, in my marriage, I need you. In my career, I need you. In my relationship, I need you. That simple request, God likes that. This is what Matthew realized, he said, I desire mercy, not sacrifice. 
This is what Hosea actually said. And Matthew wrote this. What Jesus said. Matthew had a wonderful experience. Today's story is about Matthew being called. And it is Matthew who wrote this gospel. When he first met Christ, he was a tax collector. You know, tax collector, everybody hated tax collector because they ripped off other people. They were bad. They were thieves. They, didn't, they may not, might not have a knife, but they, they were thieves. They took advantage of other people. So everybody hated tax collectors. And Matthew was one of them. How did he live his life when everybody hates you? He lived with this feeling that I am dirty. And for the sake of money and for the sake of being rich, he threw away his personal integrity and then human dignity. He just wanted to get money. And then always he has this feeling that I am dirty. Like a hemorrhage, uh, the woman with hemorrhage. I mean, for her, for the wrong reason. For Matthew, maybe for the right reason or understandable reason. He always lived with this feeling that I am dirty and nobody wants me. And yet this great teacher came to him, Matthew, follow me. That calling was completely, purely honor. He was very honored by that calling. Matthew did not deserve to be a disciple of Jesus. He did too many bad things to people. And he knew that too. And yet, Jesus, the great teacher, called him to follow him. Right there, he experienced what mercy was. He knew what mercy was. And what Jesus said at that time, when when Jesus called Matthew, when Je what Jesus said at that time was so powerful, he cut to the heart of Matthew. This is what Jesus said to him. For I've come to call not the righteous, but sinners. That's what I came to call. Not the righteous, but sinners. Matthew remembered this moment so vividly. And he was the one who wrote this gospel. The tax collector who lived his life, all his life, feeling that I'm dirty, he wrote this masterpiece called Gospel According to Matthew, which is part of the canon, part of the Bible. He wrote a Bible. That is a power of mercy. He simply came. I need help. And he experienced the mercy of God, mercy of Christ, and he became changed this much. And this is what Jesus said. Go and learn what this means. 
I desire mercy, not sacrifice. If you learn what this means, you have a secret of life. You know, you will know how to live your life well. Pharisees did not have any, any clue of what this meant. Even though their own prophet Hosea wrote it, they didn't understand. They knew the words, but they didn't understand the meaning of it. They, didn't, they never lived with this attitude that I need help. They always lived with this attitude that I am right. I am right. Rather than I need help. There are two kinds of righteousness. The righteousness that you build for yourself through good moral behavior, through good uh, spiritual and uh, religious behaviors, that is the righteousness that you acquired. But there's another righteousness, another kind of righteousness. This righteousness is when your sins are forgiven, you receive this righteousness. And these two righteousness are totally different. The righteousness that you created on your own and the righteousness you became righteous by having your sins forgiven and cleansed. And Jesus explains these two different kinds of righteousness through a parable. He said, he also told this parable to some who trust in themselves that they were righteous and regarded others with contempt. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee standing by himself was praying thus, God, I thank you that I'm not like other people thieves, rogues, adulterers, or even like this, this tax collector, I fast twice a week. I give a tenth of all my income. But the tax collector, sending far off, would not even look up to heaven, but was beating his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man, this man went down to his home justified rather than the other. For all who exalt themselves will be humble, but all who humble themselves will be exalted. God wants true righteousness. True righteousness comes from the recognition that I am a sinner and I need help. I talked about last week, entitlement attitude and indebted attitude. False righteousness makes, makes up entitlement attitude. But the true righteousness creates indebted attitude. Indebted attitude is not, does not mean to live with guilt. When your guilt are relieved, when guilt is relieved, you can live with this indebted 
attitude. When you experience true righteousness, then you can be merciful because you receive mercy. Last Thursday, I went uh, went to a forum. Two women were invited. One Israelite woman and the other Palestinian woman. Roby Damelin and Lalia Alshek. Lalia Alshek is a Palestinian woman. Um, She lost her son. He was only six months old. The Israelites went to her village and then tear gas they uh, spread. And his lung got uh, infected because of that. It took only 20 minutes to the hospital. But in Israel, uh, there's a, there are checkpoints. She wanted to go through the checkpoint to uh, take her son to the hospital. But the check, at checkpoint, she was not allowed to go in. So she went to another checkpoint and she was not allowed to go in. She went to another checkpoint, she was not allowed. And finally, she was able to get to the hospital, but that was too late. The six-month-old son died in her arms. She was so angry. Whenever she saw this Israelite man, she was really trembling with anger. Another woman, Roby, she is Israelite woman. In Israel, everybody has to go to uh, the army. And her son went to army, but he was a very kind soldier. He was very good to other people. But he, he was shot uh, by the Palestinian government, and he was killed. They both struggle with their painful, horrible reality of losing their son. I mean, they could live all their lives with anger, with a heart of revenge. Think about it. Your own son dies like that, unjustly, unfairly. You could live with whole life, with anger, vengeance. But they turned around. They didn't decide to go to the way of revenge. They went the way of forgiveness and mercy and reconciliation. They both met together and they did the work parents work cycle and then they help 600 families who lost their immediate family members and then they work for reconciliation, forgiveness and justice to this conflict there are a lot of conflicts going on in the world but they showed the example of living their lives mercy, peace, and reconciliation 
Jesus came to teach us this mercy. Not sacrifice. Not how to do sacrifice. Jesus came to teach us how to be merciful. What's in your heart? What controls your heart? Mercy or anger? Mercy or fear? What controls your heart every day of your life? Do you know what it means that God asks for mercy, not sacrifice? God desires mercy, not sacrifice. I hope that we all learn what it means to live our lives with merciful attitude.